Welcome to Truth Triumphant Radio. I'm your host, Cody Mori, and today I wanted to discuss something that has come up uh, recently a few times. It's shown its head, and um, it's uh, another issue that uh, is, is plaguing uh, many Christians, uh, Christendom in the whole, uh, but particularly Seventh-day Adventism as well. And that issue is whether or not Jesus died on Wednesday or Friday. So I just wanted to discuss it with you guys and just throw it out there for anybody uh, who's interested in the topic, who wants to have more understanding on this issue. And so, well, let's get into it. <clears throat> so there are Christians out there that believe that Jesus died on Wednesday, and they get that from... The fact that if you take Wednesday, right, and Jesus said himself that just as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale, so will the Son of Man. So three days and three nights. So you take Wednesday, right, you go Thursday, day and night, Friday, day and night, Saturday, day and night, and then Jesus rose after that right on Sunday and that's what they they say now most most Christians believe that Jesus died on Friday what they call Good Friday uh, and that's because you in especially ancient Judaism you count the day upon which um, you're doing something as a whole day just uh, just as the example with the um, the eleventh-hour laborers, for instance, they all got, they all received a penny because they all worked a day, right? Even though some of them worked longer than others, and that was an issue there. But in ancient Judaism, when you're doing something on a day, that counts as that day. So Jesus died on Friday. Then the evening came, and it was Sabbath, and then he rose again on the third day. So that's one, two, three days right there. So Jesus doesn't have to wait for the day to be completed for it to count as a day. Does that make sense? All right, so let's take a look at a couple verses, actually, to make it more clear. Let's take a look at the low-bearing and obvious fruit. If you go to Luke chapter 23, verses 52 through 55, it says this. This man went unto Pilate and begged the body of Jesus, Joseph of Arimathea there, and he took it down and wrapped it in linen and laid it in a sepulcher that was hewn in stone, wherein never man was before before was laid. And that day was the preparation, and the Sabbath drew on. And the women also, which came with him from Galilee, followed after, and beheld the sepulcher, and how his body was laid. So what the Wednesday individuals will say, well, they say, because it says there, the day was the preparation. In other words, they were preparing for the Sabbath and the Sabbath drew on. What they will say is that, well, the Sabbath uh, was the first day of unleavened bread. That That's the Sabbath that they're talking about there. Now, remember, the Bible is written for the scholar and the simple. So the teacher and the learner. It says that Jesus died on the preparation 
and the Sabbath drew on. Now, it could be referring to the Sabbath according to the feast day. However, that theory seems to dwindle when you look at verse 56 of the same chapter. So Luke chapter 23, verse 56, which says, And they returned and prepared spices and ointments and rested the Sabbath day according to the commandment. All right, so verse 56 kind of explains to us which Sabbath day we're talking about here. We're not talking about feast day Sabbath. We're talking about the Sabbath that is according to the commandment. And where are the commandments? The Ten Commandments. The phrase, according to the commandment, makes it so clear, both for whether you're a scholar or whether you're simple. Jesus died. His body was taken down and prepared on the preparation day, right? And the Sabbath drew on, or Friday in our vernacular, and laid to rest on the Sabbath day. Not according to the ordinance, but according to the commandment. And keep in mind, Luke is a Gentile. So it's a very interesting word choice for a Gentile to make. The preparation, you can see in other places of the Bible, was the day prior to the Sabbath day. That's what the Bible shows us. And you can look at Mark chapter 15, verse 42. You can look at Matthew chapter 27, verse 62 to look at that. And they're referencing according to the fourth commandment. This is what Luke's talking about. So the preparation day is something that historically the Jewish people knew to be Friday. Now, Wednesday people will say, that the preparation could also be the day prior to the first day of unleavened bread, as we said, after Passover. But the Bible gives us the clue in the fact that Luke ties this preparation and this Sabbath with the commandments. So it's, it's not the ordinance, it's the one tied with the commandments. Again, his word is for all, not just the scholarly, you know, I'm extremely intelligent theological you know mastermind here but also for the simple and we need to keep that in mind because we need to remain uh, as Jesus said as little children to receive the kingdom of God we need to understand that regardless of how smart whether you or me or anybody else is or how simple-minded we are we all get the privilege of understanding scripture and what is the simplistic basic understanding that the Bible is trying to tell us here in Luke chapter 23. I think it's obvious. His truth is right there, plain before our eyes. Now, just looking at that other issue there, another important point on this Passover was a regular work day, but immediately following it was a festival Sabbath for the first day and the last day of unleavened bread. Uh, just in case you guys didn't know that. Turns out, if you wind back the clock to 31 AD, that means if Jesus died on the festival preparation instead of the weekly preparation, then there are conflicting times. In other words, if we, if we take the calendar that we have, the Jewish calendar, and we crank back the clock all the way back to 31 AD, you get different days, uh, depending on the source that you look at, uh, on what day that fell under. 
many websites actually allege, and one of them I have here is uh, www.studiesintheword.org slash chart uh, underscore 22-36ad.htm if you, if you want to check it out. Many websites allege that the Jewish calendar says the 14 of Nisan, which is the Passover day, is Wednesday. But some say it's Monday. So it's either Monday or Wednesday. Now, some of us might be thinking, wait a second here. Monday and Wednesday is not Friday. No, it's not. Do you know why that is? Well, if we take the word of God over the calculations of men, we don't have a problem with it already. We don't have a problem with it at all. However, just in case you want to, if you want to take a deeper look into this, it turns out that there's evidence that Jewish leaders intentionally messed with their own calendars in order to make Jesus not match the prophecies concerning the Messiah in Daniel chapter 9. How about that? There's an, actually a curse on those who number the days of the 70 weeks. And you guys can look that up online. You can check it out for yourselves. There's 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 a curse. Let the fingers of in the Talmud of those who try to number the days and find out when the Messiah is to come. Because they find out that Jesus mass, matches perfectly. Now, they actually shaved off some of the years on that time prophecy so that Jesus would not match, would not match the prophecies. There's a book called The Forbidden Secret by Jonathan Gray, page 29, says this. Rabbis Akiva and Ben Halafta also slashed out 160 years from the Persian Jewish calendar to nullify the named ones, or Jesus's, fulfill, fulfillment of Daniel's 490-year prophecy. That's right, 160 years of real time was ripped out and thrown away. Again, that's in the book The Forbidden Secret by Jonathan Gray, page 29. You actually can find that book uh, online and read it online as well. And if you are interested in the rabbinic curse... It's in the Sanhedrin 97b in the Talmud, sometimes the Babylonian Talmud, depending on which one you're looking at. So the Jewish leaders who rejected Jesus and his, and his apostles messed with manuscripts and dates so that Jesus would not fit the Messianic prophecies. So again, if we stop looking at the extra-biblical source, there is no confusion here. The Bible is the arbiter of truth not a calendar, which is both extra-biblical and cause for skepticism in light of the statements that we just looked at. So keep that in mind, folks. Errors are not sanctified by time. They're errors. Just because an error is old doesn't make it true. So that means if we take the Bible as it reads, then Jesus died on Friday, the 14th of Nisan, and rested the 15th of Nisan, which was both the seventh day Sabbath and the first Sabbath of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the first day there, which would have been called a high Sabbath. 
because it was both the weekly Sabbath and a festival rest day. Now, is there any biblical proof for this statement that it was a high Sabbath? Actually, there is. You, if you guys go to John chapter 19, verse 31, it says this. The Jews, therefore, because it was the preparation that the body should not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day, for that Sabbath was an high day, besought Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So again, they're calling it a high day, and a high day means a high Sabbath. So again, if we take Friday, um, we run into another problem, according to the Wednesday folks. This We talked about this a little earlier, but 72 hours from Friday evening is not Sunday morning. And remember, they base this off the verse. It's actually from Matthew chapter... 12 verse 40 it says for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly so shall the son of man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth now anybody can see that three full days and three full nights is 72 hours which brings us back to Wednesday again right or Thursday so somewhere between there however was Jesus saying this literally or figuratively now, we got to understand this in the view uh, of the verses that we've already read. So we got to take those into context. We can't just base something off of one verse alone. So the Bible, and not my own understanding, is the guide. And that's supposed to be the guide for each and every one of us. Now, if we take it literally, as the Wednesday people do, we come into a problem, a contradiction from the very mouth of Christ. We can see it in Mark chapter 10, verse 32 through 34. It says, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered into the chief priests and unto the scribes, and, he shall, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, and they shall mock him, and they shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. So here Jesus is saying that he shall rise on the third day, not after the third day. You see what I'm saying? This idea again is repeated in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 4. It says, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. It was on the third day, according to these two other verses. You see the one's based off of one and this is based off of two verses. It was on the third day that he rose and not after, according to scripture. So what do we do with the Jonas quote there that Jesus made? Well, it has to be understood figuratively. Jesus is saying that just as Jonas was in the belly of, of, of the beast there for three days and three nights, Similarly, not exactly, but similarly, Jesus will, will do the same thing. He will be in the earth. But there's more. The Bible says that Joseph imprisons his brothers for three days, but he releases all but one on the third day. Again, the Bible account does not indicate that three days has to always dogmatically mean three 
literal 24-hour periods. Let's take a look at Genesis chapter 42, verses 17 through 19. It says, And he put them all together into ward three days. And Joseph said unto them, The third day this do and live, for I fear God. If ye be true men, let one of your brethren be bound in the house of your prison. Go ye, carry corn for the famine of your houses. Now let's take a look at another one from Esther. Proves the same point that three days can mean on the third day as well that something happens. The, the whole day is counted. She asks everyone to fast for three days and three nights before she goes before, before the king of Persia. Now she doesn't wait for the third day and night to be over, but she actually appears on the third day. It says this. Go and gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And I will go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, and if I perish, I perish. Now it came to pass on the third day. Now she asked everybody to fast and pray for three days and three nights. But she's not waiting until that time frame is completed. She's going on the third day. The whole day is counted. So it says, Now it came to pass on the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of the house. And that's all from Esther chapter 4 verse 16 and 5 verses 1. And John Wesley actually understood this. And he, he, he talks about this in his explanatory notes on the Bible. And he says this. Three days and three nights. It was customary within the Eastern nations to reckon any part of a natural day of 24 hours for the whole day. Accordingly, they used to say a thing was done after three or seven days. If it was to be done on the third or seventh day from that which was last mentioned. Instances of this may be seen. 1 Kings chapter 20 verse 29 and many other places. And as the Hebrews had no word to express a natural day, they used night and day or day and night for it. So that to say a thing happened after three days and three nights was with them the very same as to say it happened after three days or on the third day. Again, you can see Esther chapter 14. Uh, chapter 4, verse 16, chapter 5, verse 1, Genesis chapter 7, verse 4, Genesis chapter 7, verse 12, Exodus chapter 24, verse 18, Exodus chapter 34, verse 28, and Jonas chapter 2, verse 1. In other words, and again, that's from his explanatory notes on three days and three nights. So in other words, the days and nights language is not always the exact measurement of 24-hour periods. It can be used as a turn of phrase, which, if we accept the Bible as it reads, we have no problems. Jesus died on Friday, one day. Rested on the Sabbath in the grave according to the commandment, two days. Rose on the third day, three days. You have your full three days right there. So, and if you want to see other verses on G, where it says Jesus rose on the third day, not after, 
See Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, 17, verse 23, 20, verse 19, 27, verse 64, Mark chapter 9, verse 31, 10, verse 34, Luke 9, 22, 13, 32, 18, 33, 24, 7, 24, 21, 24, 46, John chapter 2, verse 1, Acts chapter 10, verse 40. So, how many verses did I just give you? I don't even know how many verses I just gave you. All of those verses, all of those verses say he rose on the third day and not after. You see what I'm saying? So it's very clear what the Bible's trying to tell us here. So I'm not basing my belief that Christ rose on the third day and not after the third day on just one verse, but I'm taking the entire biblical account on the subject into consideration when you have to do that. We have to take in the full counsel of God on a subject. The Bible confirms again by saying, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. So it tells you that they, were, they came on the first day of the week right after the Sabbath was passed to do the sweet spices. Now, if Jesus was if Jesus died on Wednesday and Thursday was an ordinance Sabbath, then Mary would have been back on Friday to do this. She wouldn't have waited until the other Sabbath was over. Again, if you take the Bible as it reads, no problem. And you, you think about it, we have a beautiful unison with this, with all the three verses. In this passage, we learned that the seventh day Sabbath had passed on the first day of the week or Sunday, is when the women return to the grave of Christ only to find him risen. Lastly, we account for the days of Christ last week themselves. Interestingly enough, as if the Bible needed to give us more proof, God's word goes above and beyond. Let's look, let's just look at Mark. Notice the perfect sequence. Day one. Sunday, the triumphal entry from Mark chapter 10 verse 32 through 11, uh, Mark chapter 11, verses 11. The last verse ends by saying he went unto Bethany with the twelve. Day two, Monday. No surprise, Mark eleven twelve begins with on the morrow. This is the day Christ curses the fig tree. In verse 19, it says he went out of the city when even was come or evening so day three tuesday mark chapter 11 verses 20 through 13 begins with in the morning this is when the disciples see the dried up fig tree jesus shares parables engages with the pharisees comments on the uh, widow's two mites and jesus gives the signs of his return in mark 13. of course at this point he has retired again from the day to the mount of olives Next, day four, Wednesday, Mark chapter four, 14, sorry, Mark chapter 14, verse one, redirects our minds to the time. It's a time update. It says that in two days is Passover. Knowing what we already have seen above, if we subtract two days from Friday, then no problem. If not, 
then our whole schedule must shift back to Monday. But there's a problem. We're on Tuesday now, and we would be going backwards in time. I know that's hard, that's hard probably to understand hearing it, but if, if we just went through Tuesday, right, and now we're on Wednesday, the next day, and they're updating us with a time update by saying it's two days to Passover. If Passover is Wednesday, then that means we got to go back to Monday, a day that we've already passed. So it just doesn't fit. It doesn't fit with the beginning of Jesus' last week in the triumphal entry. But let's continue. If we subtract two days from Friday, again, no problem. Then our whole schedule, uh, if not, then our whole schedule must shift back to Monday. But there's a problem. If we do that, we must also backpedal the other days, making the triumphal entry on Friday the week before, which means the Pharisees would have been doing business on the Sabbath with the money changers, something which would defy everything else we know about how the Pharisees acted on the Sabbath day. And remember, they saw healing on the Sabbath day as a violation. Carrying a bed on the Sabbath day as a violation. Josephus confirms that the Pharisees were known for being too exacting, harsh, binding extra burdens on the Sabbath rather than being lax. So in light of the rest of the Bible, this belief is weak at best. Rather, on day four, Jesus attends a dinner in his honor and is anointed by the woman with the alabaster box who we know to be Mary. Judas Iscariot agrees to betray Jesus, ending in Mark chapter 14, verse 11. Then we get to day five, Thursday. Another time update, indicating another day. Mark chapter 14, verse 12 says, it's the first day of unleavened bread. In light of the other Bible passages we've looked at, we can safely deduce that they don't mean the literal first day of unleavened bread, but the beginning of the festival of the Passover of unleavened bread, which would start shortly or that evening, because evening and morning were the first day. So the day actually begins at evening. In other words, it's the 13th. We know this because he ate the Passover at even with his disciples, and evening begins the 14th day of Nisan or Passover. And we know that it wasn't the first day of unleavened bread yet because the first day of unleavened bread began on the 15th or the evening of the 14th of Nisan. So again, we are seeing the description of the day being used simply to indicate about a day's worth of time and not specifics. How do I know? Because Leviticus chapter 23 verses 5 through 8 is clear. On the 14th day of the first month at even, is the Lord's Passover, and the fifteenth day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread, and the first day ye shall have a holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. And the seventh day is an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. We know that the description is merely directing our minds to the Passover in general and not to the actual first day of unleavened bread because that means Jesus would not have died on the Passover 
but at the end of the day on the first or even second day of unleavened bread. Therefore, that night Jesus is taken, Thursday night, from Gethsemane and brought before the Pharisees. Day 5 continues for the rest of the chapter. Day 6 or Friday, Mark chapter 15, verse 1, again redirects our minds to time. It says, in the morning, this day Christ goes before Pilate, then Herod, then Pilate again, and is finally crucified, dying at the ninth hour. This verse ends by directing our minds to the exact time of the week by saying, in Mark 15, 42, and now when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, that's exactly what it says. It says, and now when the even was come, because it was the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath. Not a Sabbath, the Sabbath. So again, redirecting our minds to the Sabbath. Jesus, in other words, Jesus died on Friday. Perfect unison, perfect clarity. The Bible sets up signposts for us to regain our footing. And, and if we've gotten confused as to which day it was, we can look to those signposts and be guided right back. It was the day before the Sabbath, or Friday, period. First day... Um, Jesus' first day in death, day seven. The Sabbath Saturday, nothing is said specifically about this day other than it was the Sabbath in Mark chapter 15, verse 42. Then reiterates this point in Mark chapter 16, verse 1, where it says this, And when the Sabbath was passed, or Jesus' second day in death, then we get to day eight, Sunday. And remember, we started at the triumphal entry. This begins if we have, as we have seen in Mark 16, 1, and continues as it recounts the risen Savior on the third day, just as all those verses I have shared have said. Again, perfect unison, perfect clarity. We don't, we don't need Ellen White to tell us. She does say that he died on Friday, but we don't, we don't need her. For this the Bible is so clear on this all we need from Ellen White is to agree with what we already know she's merely confirming what the Bible is already clearly stating folks we got to make sure that our foundations are on the Bible account only and not on extra biblical sources and quite frankly untrustworthy sources many times everything else except scripture is sinking sand and we must also not try to base any belief that we have on just one verse. We have to take the whole counsel of God into consideration. That way we retain the, the correct context throughout. And lastly, we must try not to interpret the Bible the way we want to understand it, but by the way it reveals itself to us through prayer. It is to instruct us and not the other way around. When we follow the scripture account, we see that the idea of 72 hours, exactly, literally, is, is not what the Bible is actually trying to teach us. So anyways, that is a quick study on, on, the, on that subject. I mean, I didn't get a chance to really read all of the verses just because of time, but I listed them for you 
and you can take a look at them yourself. But I hope this brings clarity and understanding to you folks. Maybe some of you were on the fence about this. Maybe some of you are just interested in this. Uh, and I hope uh, if if you are somebody who believed uh, in a different way that that perhaps I changed your mind. So. Anyways, I'm Cody Moore. You've been listening to Truth Triumphant Radio. We'll catch you next week. God bless.